Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Powers. And I have a hot topic show for the listeners today. We are going to be discussing recruiting, both recruiting for more management level and executive level positions, as well as recruiting those entry level people, uh, you know, ways that you can change right now to hopefully be more successful with your recruiting efforts. And I am joined today by my fellow coach and consultant, uh, Chris Williamson. Hello, Chris. Kyle, how are you? Man, I'm fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm good. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, hey, man, I'm really excited to uh, talk about today's topic with you, which is recruiting, right? I mean, that's always a struggle for companies, but uh, even more so now uh, than any other time that I've ever seen it, right? Especially when we start talking entry-level positions and trying to fulfill those, you know, with the uh, you know, market being really good for home improvements right now, you know, people having banner years through, you know, the, the COVID days. Uh, and, and it seems like that's continuing. I mean, it's, you know, for most people, it's, it's just chugging right along, but the calls I get every day, and I'm sure it's the same calls you get every day. How do we get people, right? Yeah. I mean, we spoke about recruiting. It was over a year ago now, and there was a recruiting crunch back then. And uh, that hasn't gone away, has it? No, absolutely not. But uh, before we get into, you know, recruiting, I know we're going to talk about two sides of it. One, recruiting, you know, managers, executive level type people, which we certainly help our clients with uh, and, and do some recruiting ourselves for those positions. But also then, you know, the, the big question, right, how to get those entry level people in um, and, and tips for that. Before we really get into that, though, uh, for someone that maybe hadn't listened to our first episode, do you want to give a little couple minute background on kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. I mean, going back in the home improvement industry, I was working for a pretty well-known company and uh, I started out as a canvasser and I worked my way up to team leader. And one of the things I found out was you're running a canvas team. Not only are you training the canvassers and managing the canvassers, but you got to hire canvassers, right? You have to keep your, every seat has value. You have to keep your van full. As, as time went on, I became the department manager and then I became a director. I had lots of teams under me. And in Canvas, it's a never-ending cycle of canvases coming in and canvases leaving the company. And at one point, I had four different teams, and I had to, at any given day, have 50 or 60 canvassers on staff in order to keep those vans full. And we really became a recruiting machine. And as time went on, other departments started to have trouble. The call center needed people. Um, the sales department needed people. The retail and events team needed people. So I started pitching in and I, I was actually helping other departments too with their recruiting. And I can tell you that as a, there was a fancy title. I was the director of non-traditional marketing or canvas. And, but, but at the same time, what I was really doing was training and hiring. That was like my full-time job. And I did that for a bunch of years before, you know, becoming a coach for Tony Hody. Yeah. And you've been on the team now for a few years, about two and a half years, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Best never made. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, and and really, in uh, you know where you live, uh, being in that New York area, right? Uh, for quite a while through the COVID uh, time, you were unable to travel. You just couldn't, right? Because you had a, a big quarantine. If you came back, all this kind of stuff. 
Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, you really focused on our recruiting side of the business, right? Yeah, that's uh, mainly <laughs> New York was, you know, we were the first area to really get hit. Uh, I, I guess some of the West Coast, too, like Seattle. But New York got hit with COVID, and um, it was just watching the news every day, gloom and doom. So so the first thing I would say is anybody who was affected by COVID, right, my heart goes out to you. Because I know, I know how scary, and um, I lost some friends, so, you know, I want to say that. But from a, from a business standpoint, yeah, I was not uh, – it was very hard to travel out of New York at that time. And um, so I really did just hunker down and focus on, on recruiting because there were other parts of the country where it was still kind of business as usual and they, they needed help filling positions. Yep. So let, let's talk about that first. So um, we as a, a consulting firm right at Tony Hody Training and Consulting offer uh, recruiting services, right? Uh, do you want to talk right. about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we, I've recruited all types of different positions. Um, I could tell you today, one of the hot hot button positions are production people and installation installers installation people um but we've recruited uh canvas managers uh sales managers uh retail events type people uh we really um i mean all all gamuts Uh, i mean we have we have a broad spectrum of people that we can speak to when it comes to filling positions and you know it helps having a name behind us that we're kind of known around the country so we also have people that are reaching out to us like, hey, I got laid off. Do you have any positions that might be available in my, in my neck of the woods? You know, so we're really uh, nationwide. Or I'm relocating. Uh, Do you know, have anything in this area? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They just, it's funny. Like, uh, I just spoke to you, I think, a day or two ago. I, I had a guy in, in Texas that reached out to me over a year ago and ended up not working out. He didn't take the position that was offered. There was some relocation involved. And, and not too long ago, we were talking about needing to fill a position in Texas. And this guy from over a year ago just happened to text me yesterday and said, hey, I'm looking again if you have anything. And he might be a fit, you know. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I think uh, a phrase we like to use, right, finding a great uh, manager for any of those positions is like a needle in the haystack. Our haystack just happens to be really big with a lot of needles, right? Yeah, we have a pretty good haystack, you know, catching that unicorn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so um, some thoughts on that marketplace right now, the, you know, finding the management director level uh, type people, you know, what are you seeing in the market right now for that? One thing, it's, uh, it's a full time job trying to find people, you know, if it's something that a company's trying to do, like on the side or when they have time, it's difficult. If you think about the home improvement industry over the past year, a lot of, a lot of companies are flying, right? So if you need a sales manager now, it might not be as easy to find a sales manager because where, where they are now is there's a good chance they're setting records, right? Or their business is flourishing. So you need you need a big haystack to find somebody, you know, at, at this time of year and, when, and in this kind of a market, you know? Um, so that's really what it is. Like if you're looking for, a, say, let's say, a sales manager, or, or executive level position, it's you, you got to be in a lot of different places, and so much of it is timing, right? Finding someone at the right time that is ready to make a move, or at least considering it. And if you're doing that like on the side, or when you have a couple of minutes, it, it's a lot harder to find that that unicorn at that time. You know, where for me, it's kind of a full time thing. You know. Yeah, and I, I kind of notice with a lot of our recruiting contracts, you know, because you and I work together on on the majority of them, is that, uh, you know, we're talking to people and they're like, I'm interested in talking to this company. 
but I also have like five other offers that are coming in too. So if they can meet with me in the next day or two, I'm in, but, uh, you know, I'm making a decision pretty quick here. Yeah. My feeling is you have to treat it like a hot lead and there's a good chance that this employee, if it's a hot lead on that employee, they may be a lot more valuable to your company than that one lead. You know, people know, in the call center, like, hey, if we have a next day, it's a hot lead, get someone on it, act with urgency. But they tend to not act that way with employees sometimes. Um, even just, just employees that already work for you. Maybe there's kind of an issue and people dance around it. and they, they Things kind of get put off and, you know, it doesn't get handled right away. But it's kind of like that with employee hiring, too. It's you got to treat it like a hot lead. And if you don't, Think about it. If you're looking for a production manager now, there's probably somebody else in your neighborhood that's also looking for a production manager. So we just had someone a week ago that said, well, I'm interested in talking to you, but I've got someone else that already wants to hire me. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on that executive level or that, you know, management level, you know, treating it like a hot lead. But I think that's even more important, um, you know, for those entry level people. Um, that you, you know, you get on it, you get them in today, you get them in tomorrow, um, you know, and start them the day after. Otherwise, I mean, if you want to start talking about jobs that are out there today that offer, you know, let's call it that, that 15 to $20 an hour range. I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story on the entry level people. I, I think a lot, not just, and this isn't a home improvement industry story, but it, it just gives you an idea of the job market now. Uh, I have a friend who owns a restaurant, and I had lunch there the other day, and he said he thought when the federal unemployment ended, he'd suddenly have more staff. Everybody was going to start to come back to work. He's still short waitresses. We have places around where I live where they're saying no dine-in service, takeout only, and it's because they don't have the wait staff to, to you know, handle the people that are coming into the restaurant. I was in a I was in a comedy club the other night and a friend of mine was the headliner and I saw them. He had been on stage for about 40 minutes and I saw somebody hand him a piece of paper and I asked him after the comedy show. I said, what was that piece of paper about? He said they told me I needed to extend. I needed to do another 20 minutes because they were still trying to get all the food out of the kitchen. They don't have people to to serve the customers you know it's no different in the home improvement industry if you're trying to hire canvassers or retail and events people it's a challenging market right now as far as hiring people yeah and on the um you know i I think the executive level management level leadership type level uh people are almost a little bit easier to find right now than the entry level people it's funny, um, sometimes canvas managers can be the hardest people to, to fill because we're looking for people that have a good track record of a couple of years managing a canvas department uh, where, where you might find more sales managers or, or those type managers in that pool. And then, you know, then go to again, go to just entry level canvassers. Right. I want to hire an entry level person to go door to door. And they're going, well, I could do DoorDash. I could do Uber. I could work when I feel like it. You know, it's, it, it is a challenging market for those entry-level people. Um, you know, and as you work your way up, like, you know, well, canvas managers, sales managers, event managers, what, one of the big things now that we're trying to find is, uh, you know, try to find great installers right now that, that are looking for it. They're, they're all swamped right now. They're all busy. 
They are um, subcontractors, anything like that. They, I mean, I would venture to say if they're not busy, you might want to decide on uh, if they're good enough to hire for your company. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. That's so a lot of those skill jobs, things like that. It's a challenge. So that's, I go back to what we said earlier. Like if you're looking for someone when you have a few extra minutes, it's, it's probably not going to work out well. You, if you need to have more of a full-time focus on recruiting. Yeah, and I know, um, you know, and you can share if you've noticed this too, I know a lot of the companies in the last couple of years that have grown leaps and bounds, um, you know, they have at least a person, if not a team of people that that's their role, you know, they're, they're recruiters, you know, um, and that's all they do on a daily basis is help, you know, fulfill those teams uh, for all the different, you know, areas in the business and, you know, I can understand that some companies may not be in a position to, you know, be able to afford that, you know, a full-time person. There's possibilities of, of having a part-time recruiter. There's a possibility of even just taking someone that maybe understands how to recruit and, you know, having them focus on it two hours a day. Yes. And, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, and I've even worked with companies that have a full-time recruiter, they have a lot of experience in recruiting, but they might they might be great in finding department managers and those type employees. But you know, recruiting for a canvas team is different. You know, it's it's a skill. So one of the things I always say is, you know, if you're going to be let's say a canvas manager, if you're going to be a canvas manager, not only do you have to be a good canvasser and be able to train canvassing, but you have to learn how to how to recruit. You know, because that's a constant, never-ending cycle of people that is cycling in and cycling out. So, even if you even if you have a company recruiter, you still need your canvas leaders to recruit. You still need your sales manager, you know, to be able to recruit and bring in new salespeople. You know, so a lot of companies they hire that one recruiting person and then they think, great, we're done, and then they still have a recruiting problem and they don't understand why. You know. Well, yeah, and what tends to, you know, what I see happen a lot of times when they bring that recruiter in, right, every department is urgent and important. They need people. But yeah. it usually goes to, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Whereas, you know, most urgent and important. And so, you know, generally, if you bring in one recruiter into your business, their last position they're trying to recruit for is maybe a canvas position, you know, not manager, but just regular canvassers, regular call center, regular show and event. You know, they're trying to, you know, the two big ones, right? Enough installers and enough salespeople, you know, to sell the leads. Uh, it's usually what comes first. And so um, I know we were having this kind of talk, you know, before the pre-call. I, I think it's a, an entire team effort, you know, put together to fulfill these roles. Um, you know, how many people in the organization know you're hiring for a canvasser? You know, how many installers or salespeople maybe have kids that, you know, are that 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old range that would love to do a job like that or could be really good at it? You know, especially if they take after, you know, mom or dad, that's a great salesperson. Right. Um, yes. And, and so it's it's really as I've been saying to, to my clients lately, it's it's massive action. It's doing all these little things consistently um, as as an old uh, boss that I had used to say, right. Gentle pressure relentlessly applied creates results. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I, I love that saying, and, and that's really what it's gotta be like. Um, and I mean, I know of, you know, some canvas managers that, you know, are 
were struggling because that's one thing they didn't really know how to do to begin with was recruit. And then, you know, getting the pressure put on them in a time where it's tough and it's like, Hey, everyone's got to get on board with this. And we got to, you know, focus on, you know, not only recruiting, but recruiting quality. Like we don't want to, you know, just fog up the mirror. Right. Right. That's the other problem is making a hire. That's not a good hire is typically more costly than not hiring someone, you know, a bad hire is causes a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, in it, take it, like, even if it was a canvas van, one or two bad people in that van could cause five people to quit, you know? So you want to hire and you want to do, you want to hire well. Uh, and that's one of the problems when we, we tend to promote people from within. Maybe a sales rep becomes the sales manager or a canvasser becomes the canvas manager, and they're really good at sales or canvas, but they've never really done recruiting before. And that's a whole different skill set. Yeah, because, I mean, you got stuff coming in, you know, on recruiting all hours of the day, you know, and, and I know my struggle early on with recruiting was, okay, uh, yes, I'm a great canvasser and I'm a great canvas manager in the aspect that I can train someone to repeat what I can do and, and make them successful at generating leads. Now I have this other thing where I have to recruit. Okay. And so what do I do? I gleam on my past experiences of getting interviewed and, and getting jobs. And so what's most people do, they, they post an ad somewhere, right? And they wait for someone to respond to that. And then if they're out in the field canvassing and, you know, they get a ding that a email came in that someone responded to their ad and, okay, well, I'll give them a call tomorrow. And, you know, they're not real good at it. So they put it off to the last minute, maybe call two days later and then maybe set the interview for a couple of days or maybe the next week after that. Right. And it's like, well, that person's probably already working if they're <laughs> right. actually uh, looking for a job. And I find a lot of canvas managers hire out of desperation. Right. They they've got four seats open and suddenly they need to fill. So they'll hire almost anybody because. Maybe the president of the company or their boss is like, we need to fill these seats. We need to fill these seats. And that's all they're really, all they're really thinking about is fill the seats, fill the seats, you know. And thing is, we want recruiting to become cultural. So that recruiting is always going on. So you're never in that you're never in that pinch where you're hiring out of desperation and you might tend to make hires that aren't good hires. Right. And on top of that, I think taking it a step further and looking at what's past the recruiting. In other words, okay, you get this person to your business. Why do they want to work there? You know, I'm sure, have you ever, uh, you know, gone out and visited a client or another business and, you know, you walk in and it's not the most inviting, maybe, you know, it's not maybe clean or there's garbage, it's not organized, you know, and this is where they're going to interview people. And it's, it's like, what, what would make them want to come there? Right. You know, and then I think even the step after that is onboarding someone that if you get all that beginning stuff right, but you're onboarding and they come and they sit there for three days and they don't really get any training, you know, starting off on the right foot is something that you got to look at. And then all the way down the line of when you actually have somebody, you know, how do you keep them on your team? Sure. And that's one of the things like I one of the things I learned was when I hired someone new. I had managers that worked under me, but I always made a point to do, if not all the training, a lot of the initial training. So everybody knew who I was 
their first day of work, I took them on the tour. We, we had a pretty big operation. I took them to meet the call center and the call center manager. They met the sales manager. They met the installation department. They met the company president. You know, they felt very welcomed. And that seemed to help with our retention somewhat in the, in the beginning. Uh, we, we also, when I first started working for this company, one of the things was we, we didn't really have a dedicated area to interview people. So I might have been interviewing people in the kitchen, in the warehouse, you know. So eventually we changed it to where we met them in, in a conference room or a nice office. You know, we, we, we uh, offered them coffee when they walked in the door, tea. We, we, we did everything we could to make them feel comfortable from moment one. Because you always have to remember that in a way, your employees, especially for those entry level positions that we're always hiring for, that's kind of your customer too, right? If you're running the company, your employees are your customer. Make them feel wanted and happy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I think the key term that you put in there, because again, you know, the listeners are from all different size companies, you know, you did what you possibly could, right? you know, the best yep. thing you could do, you did. So, you know, maybe you don't have a dedicated office that you can um, get them in. I, I know I had one client that, uh, he, you know, he was saying, well, uh, you know, it's it's weird maybe scheduling some interviews because, you know, our, our one little, you know, interview area is, you know, it's a small company. So everyone wears multiple hats. It gets used for other things. And, you know, so I know if, you know, today we're recording this on a, on a Monday that I know that if I talk to him today, I know Friday afternoons I can use that. And I'm like, but you can't wait five days to interview this person. So what's your next best option? Yep. You know, can and you take him to lunch? Story. Can you buy him lunch? Yeah. Or even let's say you have, let's say you have to meet in the warehouse, right? Make it, make it exciting. Instead of being like, Oh, you know, we don't have any space. Hey, we're expanding. We're so busy. There's a lot going on. Um, if you decide to take the job, I'll show you the, you know, I'll show you the whole building. With whatever it is, if you have a good story and make it exciting. If you don't have, maybe you don't have a lot of space for you growing. I know, I know a lot, of, especially millennials. They love the idea that they can, they can start out and every two or three years maybe move up within the company. You know, they they love that. That's one of the things that happened in our canvas department. A lot of our top canvassers became six figure sales reps the company if they see that kind of growth it could be being being small doesn't mean it's bad it means hey you're getting in on the ground floor grow with us you know but make it exciting and fun and maybe getting interviewed in the warehouse isn't so bad you know yeah i think it's all you know what you make of it and and how you put that together uh for that so mm -hmm. You know, really to kind of sum up our last couple of minute talk here, right, is it's not just necessarily the ability to find them, but what are you doing when you find them and when you, you know, offer the position? What does that look like to them? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You got to sit down. You, you want to make sure there's no, there's, there should be no question after they take the job. I, I, I'm sure this has happened to you. I've gone in to meet with clients and people took the job and they still weren't clear on how they got paid when they were expected to work, right? So we need to have clear expectations when they come in so that they understand. And our, our industry can be a little difficult when they're figuring out the, the bonus side of things, right? So all, all of that should be, should be very clear. There should be clear expectations as far as, you know, if they're, if they're working retail, what are they supposed to be wearing? What are the rules? If they're canvassers, you know, what are, are they allowed to smoke in the field? I, I, I don't think that's a good idea, you know, but things like that um, should all be very, 
clear when they when they take the job. Um, I think e- even at the executive level, they they need to be. You know, we've we've had searches for company presidents and things like that. It it still comes back to everything needs to be absolutely clear. Uh, the expectations should be clear so that there, there are no questions after they take the job. That's one of the worst things that happens, right? If someone does take the job and within three or four days they, they realize it's not the right person for the job. Yeah, or not that, or they're, you know, they are the right person and they're three or four days in and they're like, this isn't what they said it was going to be at all. Yeah. Right. So like even talking about like event people, right. If you, you know, creating that expectation, you tell them that, Hey, uh, you know, one of our major expectations when you're working a show or event is that you engage everybody that looks, you know, 18 or everybody that looks 20 years of age or older because they could be possible homeowners. <laughs> you know, I always used to say there's one really right. quick way to not be part of the team anymore. And that's, you know, to let people just walk by you. Right. And so if you right. don't put that expectation out to them, and then you train them and you get out in the field and now you start hammering on them because they're not engaging everybody. They're like, wait, I didn't know I needed to do that. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't, that wasn't explained to me. I, I, I love this story. A friend of mine, he was a, he was a good sales rep, became a sales or top sales manager. And he's now, he's now a president for a pretty big company. And he used to set his sales reps up for like the bad stuff that'll happen sometimes. Like, look, there are going to be days where you drive an hour to a house and nobody's home. <laughs> so there are days you're going to drive and there's going to be a one party and you can't sell whatever it is. Right. Right. So he'd have, he'd have top sales reps calling him to complain that nobody was home or something. And he'd say, well, it's your fault. You took the job <laughs> you know, yeah. for all those huge sales you have, you know, you, you you got to expect that sometimes you're going to drive and somebody's not going to be home. It's not all wonderful all the time. And, and he told me they would kind of laugh, you know, they would, they would laugh about it because they got, they got it. You know, they understood it. That's a lot, that's a lot better than someone going, you know, they're a week into the job and they're like, wait a minute, I could drive for an hour and nobody's home. Right. Or I've even seen where canvases are in class. And on the second day, they're like, wait a minute, this is a door knocking job. They didn't realize. Yeah. Well, I think that's why the observation day is so huge, right? For an interview, as opposed to just doing, you know, hundred percent office interview. Yeah. Better, better to have them not take the job than to have them start the job, you know, have them go out and canvas before they actually, or, or observe canvassing before they ever take the job, see if they really want to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, when talking about recruiting is it's just not how to find somebody, but what happens when you find them? You know, how is the phone interview happening? How is the, you know, Zoom, that's very popular these days, right? How's the Zoom interview happening? What, you know, how are you selling this person on why they should work for you if you like them? And then those next steps, if you're going to offer them, if you're going to, you know, bring them on, what is that initial onboarding? Uh, Because I've seen it so many times, someone gets excited, they take the job, they get there and it's not what they thought it was, or, uh, you know, the company doesn't hold up their end of the bargain and the person's gone. And it's like, hey, you you can't blame them. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it does come down to starting out with a very clear job description. When I take on a client for recruiting, I want a clear job description so I know exactly who I'm looking for. And at, at least when the when we're speaking to the person, we're clear on what they're hiring for. Because, and Kyle, I know we've both had people like this. They want to hire somebody, but they might not even, I want this type person. No, I want this type person. I want that type. It keeps changing, you know. 
having a clear job description is helpful in finding like what they're looking to hire for. Um, and so at least when we're speaking to someone on a zoom or on the phone, we're very clear to them, you know, as far as who we need and what we expect. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think it needs to, you know, be simplified also. Uh, you know, they say the, the greatest tragedy in communication is that most people has think it has taken place, right? And so just right. because we say it doesn't mean the person, you know, takes that in and understands it. Um, and so I've been able to, you know, put that out uh, to people and what it is, uh, you know, that way. Because again, I think as we've said multiple times, you know, not hiring is better than, you know, hiring the wrong person and just spinning your wheels and putting in all the work to get this person to work out that that isn't gonna because it's not the right fit yeah and we need to be clear too that there are sometimes people want someone that may not really exist you know like i want a I want a top sales rep that makes a lot of money but but never takes a risk or i I, you know, I, I, I want a, a, a canvasser that has an MBA, <laughs> that kind of stuff can be very yeah. hard to find sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or I, you know, they want this very specific experience and it's like, well, that can be trainable. Why don't we try to find somebody that fits, you know, the, uh, the personality profile that fits well within your culture. Um, you know, so many famous business owners have talked about, right. If you just find the right person, you can teach the rest. Right. right. Like a, a top, a top canvasser might not know how to do a, you know, spreadsheet or something like that. It's a lot easier to teach the spreadsheet than it is to find someone that's a great canvasser. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, um, before we, you know, end the show with powers, powerful points, what maybe are some last tips that you have, um, uh, before we get into a, you know, that big tip on if let's say I was your client today, and I called you up and said, Chris, I, I want to do some remote coaching with you because, you know, we're doing some basic recruiting. We got some ads posted and I'm just not fulfilling. I mean, we we haven't hired a new canvasser. We haven't hired a new call center person or show and events person in, in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. So I want to hire you to, to, you know, give me some tips and pointers at what I should be doing. What, what would your answer, I guess, to that be the, the, the quick answer? Probably the, the easiest answer is culture it's got to be are you talking about recruiting in every meeting um does everyone in your company know that hey we're hiring for sales hey we're hiring for canvas is everybody clear on employee bonuses things i've worked with companies that had great employee bonuses referral bonuses and nobody like half the people didn't know about it you know so is everybody on board or every time you send a, a a text out you know we send out all these texts for leads and sales and things like that or are we sending out texts like, hey, uh, you know, Joey just got us a new employee or or Jimmy's referral just hit his 90th day? You know, things like things like that. It's just got to be in in the culture. Um, the other thing is, again, you've got to be if you're just posting and praying. Right. Indeed. Zip recruiter, whatever it is, that's not enough. you got to be. Are you on all the Facebook groups? Are you using, are you on LinkedIn? You know, where, where else are you advertising? Are, are you doing reverse resume searches and, and going after people that might be currently employed, but underemployed and, and unhappy, you know, finding that person that hasn't talked to 10 companies that you just kind of hit them at the right time because you subscribe to the reverse resume searches and things like that. Uh, it, it's just casting a, a wide net and, 
being on it all the time. It's not from like one place. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that would be my answer, right? To that client is massive action. It's doing all these little things over and over and over and over again, because, you know, just talking like one source of getting people right could be a job fair. And Mm -hmm. I did job fairs for years and, and never had anything really come out of them that, that worked out, did good. So I actually stopped doing them for a little while and, you know, got to the point where my team had grown, you know, big that, you know, we just needed to do everything to continue it to grow. And, uh, there were some job, you know, fairs in the area. And I was like, yeah, I guess let's, you know, I've done them before, haven't had any success, but I'm willing to give them a try again. And, uh, you know, they worked out great. Right. Um, so just because something doesn't work, doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't ever do it again. Um, you know, ask around, find out what's working for, you know, for other people and in, in other industries. You know, I think, I mean, just my drive the other day, right? Seeing billboards that we're hiring and we have the sign on bonus and, you know, everything like that. You know, I mean, for someone that maybe is money motivated, but is that even enough money for a money motivated person, right? It's, you know, what else? Why do they want to come there? What? I mean, that's, that's my biggest thing, right? Why do they want to come work for you as opposed to, you know, ABC windows or whatever. Right. Yeah. I would also look at your, uh, look at your interior decorating. What I mean by that is I was, I was with a client. He had, he had one of the coolest canvas rooms I've ever been in. It was huge. And they had a lot of fun things for the canvassers to play, you know, pool and that kind of stuff, pool tables and stuff. But the walls were bare. I'm like, why don't we have canvasser of the month? Why don't we canvassers and, and other in salespeople and events and retail people, call center people, the, the, the right type person, nine times out of 10, they love to be recognized. They love to see themselves on the wall. They love to know they were, had the most leads or the most sales. They, they love it. You know, so things like that too. When, when you bring someone in for an interview and they see a wall of success, and those people kind of look like them, you know, they start to think, Hey, I could do that too. Right. So it's, it's every little thing. And, and we could have things on the wall and we tend to forget that it's on the wall. But when someone walks in for the first time and they see it, that may have a huge impact on whether or not they're going to take the job. Yeah, I agree. And you did all this work to get them there. Yes. You got to wow them from there at, at why. And you have to be current too. Like if if it's 2021 and someone's walking in and the last piece of recognition you had up there is from 2018, they're going to start to question what's going on. It's got to be constant and cultural you know, all the time. Yeah. I mean, we used to, uh, you know, I remember when we were selling uh, cable door to door back in the day, you know, we had a wall of, of checks, you know, where we blacked out the, you know, personal information on the checks and stuff. But, you know, we had the the thousand dollar club, which was, you know, thousand dollars in commissions for the week. And we had the $2,000 club and the $3,000 club. And I think we had one guy get $7,000 was the, the biggest one, you know, ever, but, you know, copies of those checks, you know, up on the wall so that, you know, when you're, you know, so we're going to talk about hiring and, and recruiting people, you know, we didn't have offices like we're meeting people at McDonald's. Right. And that's like where we're pre-shifting and post-shifting. And, you know, how do you, you know, how do you get someone to believe, wait a minute. So you want me to go knock on doors for a hundred percent commission. I'm not going to get my first paycheck for probably four weeks uh, of commission at least. 
um, and, and you're a real company, but you don't have an office here. Yep. You know, that's, and, and so that's why we we finally had to get a little meeting room that we rented, you know, and, and could put those checks up, you know, on the wall and stuff like that. So we could show them that, you know, Hey, we're, we're real. This is real. Um, uh, you know, this is there. And so we, we did with what we could. And, uh, once we'd established a market, we could open an office cause it, you know, would make sense and pay for it then. But, um, so yeah, all those little steps, I mean, you got to get good at selling them. Why, why this should work for us. I did it. You know, there, there was a period of time I had a satellite. I, I was based on Long Island, but we had a satellite office in Brooklyn. And when we first started Brooklyn, we started it very small. And we would, there were times in the beginning, we, we would meet at a, at a Burger King. <laughs> we were setting things up. And, but what I would do is like, I, I would do things like maybe every other week, we'd have a function at the main office. So we'd pick them up and literally drive them out to Long Island, which was, it's about 20, it was about 20 miles, but in New York traffic time, that could be two hours to go 20 miles, you know? Yep. And we would literally drive them to the office for coffee and bagels and pizza or whatever, have a rah-rah and then, then go back just, just so they could be reminded that it was an actual company, you know, until we had our office up and running in that area. We were actually generating leads and sales before we had the office up and running. So it can be done, but you just have to be strategic about it. Absolutely. Um, and so Chris, I thank you for your time today. That brings us to the last section of the show. Power's powerful point. What last powerful point do you have for the listeners when it comes to recruiting? Going back to what we said earlier, it's got to be cultural and in more than one place. You've got to be looking everywhere for the right people. And it's got to be going on all the time and have everyone in your company involved with it. It's, it's not something you do once in a while. It's something you do all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great, great point. Uh, and so, hey, to the listeners, you need help with recruiting. You can always reach out to us. You can go to TonyHody.com uh, and just uh, go ahead and, and submit your information on there. And one of us can reach out to you and, and, uh, and talk to you about uh, recruiting and how we might be able to help. Uh, other than that, uh, again, thanks for being on the show today. And I look forward to many more with you. It was fun, Kyle. I know you're getting ready to jump on a plane. So thanks for doing this with me today. Yep. Talk with you later. Take care, Kyle. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.